When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is Cork Today. Highlights of the year. On C103. A very good morning and welcome to our review programme for 2020, where we take a look back at some of our interview highlights. In early November this year, I spoke with John Buckley, who had decided to turn the Crossroads Bar in Buttevant into a shared co-working space for sole traders and businesses. I started by asking John if it was true that the bar had been in the family for 100 years. Well, not exactly, Patricia. Basically, um my great-great-grandmother came out of this uh, establishment. Um, she was a Dempsey, and the, it was in the Dempsey family up to 1936. Okay. And, you know, there's been, there has been several owners since then, uh, notably like the, the Dogan family, uh, Ben Dogan. It was known as Ben, ben Dogan's actually for many years, up to 1969 when, uh, when the Canelli uh, took over, you know. So we've, we've had a few, few different owners. Okay, but, uh, but it's been a pub. It's been a pub and uh, a restaurant for since when? Nineteen oh four. Nineteen oh four. Wow! Wow! And when? And when did you take? Business. When did you take over the running of the business then? Uh, Two thousand seven. Charlie, my wife, and myself uh, bought the place, and you know, ran it as a pub for a good few years, and uh, we added the food element in in two thousand twelve. And, and how did uh, that go for you? Uh, you know, it went quite well. Like it was very good. Uh, the pub trade was very good. Like in, obviously in the Celtic Tiger years, and you know the food business was pretty good. And from about 2012 up to you know the last few years, but um, we've we actually leased the leased the place in 2016, and you know between insurance costs and just uh, difficult trading conditions, really, you know the, the trade has gone down the last few years. So I suppose uh, our last tenant finished in January, so we had the choice then of maybe opening ourselves again or, or trying something different. So this is the start of the road we've gone down, you know. And obviously with uh, COVID, there's no hope of it uh, being open at the moment as, as a pub or as, as a, a, a restaurant. So describe to me what's on offer and how you've changed the bar to facilitate this uh, this co-working space. Well, basically, um, especially the beer taps are gone and the, the optics and the, the spirits and the alcohol and soft drinks are gone. <laughs> um, we, we still retain the bar counter, which is now a coffee dock for our clients. Um, we've put in, we have five co-working spaces here at the moment, which we intend to expand, you know, as the thing gets busier. So, like, it's we've kind of um, redecorated the place, really. But, like, I think we've kept, uh, you know, the kind of atmosphere that was always 
here at the crossroads, which was one of a very sociable place to be, you know, and a good working atmosphere, really, you know. It's kind of a unique working space, really, you know. I, I've seen photographs of it. I mean, it's you you really have, have it to a very high standard. Yeah, well, I suppose but just, uh, my own background is in business as well, like with a, with a transport company, a logistics company, and um, my son Kevin, you know, he's involved in that and he's involved in the core space as well. He's worked in a lot of these kind of places in different cities and you know, I think he's brought some of his knowledge into you know, the way it's designed and laid out for people, you know. Looks great. It really does look great. And you and you have fibre optic broadband. I mean, that's the big plus, isn't it? It is, yeah. We have it there for the last few years, which we're pretty lucky to have it here where we are, you know. But, um, I suppose that's one of the big pluses, like, in in this this new venture, like, those people can connect you know, pretty good, like, to, to, to the internet and broadband, you know. So, like, the other thing we had to do was, like, Layout the case um, to comply with the government guidelines and the you know, social distancing and sanitizers and you know and all that sort of stuff. You know, so we're kind of fully up to speed on that as well. Like you know, well done. And how many clients do you already have? Uh, well, it's, I'm working here myself, which is a change for me because I, I nearly always work from home. But, uh, we have two other clients as well here at the moment. So things that we've had a lot of interest, like you know, a lot of emails coming through, people looking for information. So it's uh, pretty positive. Thank God. And who who would make an ideal cli- client? I think I mean, a startup business would be ideal, wouldn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Startup uh, business, or you know, somebody maybe that's for that's because of the current thing, conditions have to work from home, you know, and maybe because of broadband issues or space, it mightn't be ideal for them to work at home, you know. So I suppose there's a few different angles we'd we'd be looking at, or you know, we also have uh, an opportunity for students, maybe just college students. Like if uh, some uh, counter spaces, which would be quite cost effective for them, really, you know. And I think the one thing that this whole pandemic has proven, uh, you know, once you do have the good fibre optic broadband, for a lot of people, you can be anywhere and still do your full day's work. You don't have to be in at the office. But working at home, and you've touched on it already, it doesn't suit everyone. It's Some people can find it hard to get motivated if they're living working, eating, sleeping, doing everything in their home. You're dead right there, Patricia. Um, I've done it for a few years myself and, you know, it is it is hard to get yourself motivated really when you, you know, you get up in the morning, you don't have to maybe put on the good clothes or go for a shower or whatever, you know, you just fall into work and I think it's not a very maybe healthy environment, you know, it's good to get away from the home environment and I'm sure people that are living with you at home appreciates being gone out of the house for a while as well, you know. Absolutely, absolutely. I think it's a fantastic concept that you've come up with. I also think, John, this could be the future for, for rural Ireland, couldn't it? I mean, hubs like what you've designed in Butterfant could be dotted. Once you've got the good fibre optic broadband, it could be dotted all over the country. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That right. so then I suppose, look, when this COVID came, it's brought a lot of things, you know, to us and, you know, maybe stuff like this wouldn't have happened for a few years or maybe 10 years. But, uh, you know, I think people have been forced into looking at dif- different options and definitely, you know, I think it's it's an option for premises that are, you know, maybe like they're like at the moment, just uh, could find a, a use in the future, you know. Mm, mm, absolutely. Can you ever see it reopening as a bar and our restaurant? Well, I'd love to see it open as a bar because, you know, I spent a good bit of time outside the county myself since I, I went to school, passed the door here and came in for the ice cream on the way home the evening, you know. So 
um, we have another part of the building which you know could convert easily into a cafe or right. you know a farm shop for local projects stuff like that. So you know there's different angles we'd, we'd be hoping this we can develop as, as time goes on. You know. Yeah, and and we will come out of this pandemic. We will come out of the, all of these lockdowns, and life will return to normal again. Yeah, you're dead right, Patricia. You're dead right. Yeah. And um, you you mentioned you're in logistics. Are you? How's your own business um, going? Yeah, it's going quite well. Lucky enough, the pandemic didn't really affect us that much. Um, we do a lot of uh, export into the UK. We work for meat companies and food producers mostly, you know. So, like, we are facing a big challenge with Brexit. So, we will be taking on additional staff, like, in, on the customs side of things, which, you know, again, is going to create some employment locally, hopefully, you know. Well done. Well done. And if anybody is interested in finding out more about your digital hub at the Crossroads Bar, how do they contact you, John? Well, you know, you can ring ring me directly or they can just uh, log on to our website. It's uh, com, or we're on Facebook, you know. Okay. And uh, people can see photographs of it as well because say it's a fantastic yeah, space. Listen, we wish, we wish you luck with it, um, John. And thanks a million for taking time out to talk to us this morning. Thanks, Patricia. Thank you very much. Good morning the, to you. The call. Thank you. Bye-bye. 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 That is John Buckley of the Crossroads Bar in Botford. No longer a bar. It is now a digital hub. In November of this year, the Americans went to the polls and the president-elect is a proud Irishman. Joe Biden made claims about his great-grandfather, Edward Francis Blewett, that were disputed by the good people of Court McSherry. Barry Holland took up the story and started by explaining what Joe Biden had said about his great-grandfather. If I'm correct, he uh, referred to Edward Francis Blewett as being the first Irish Catholic state senator ever elected to the state of Pennsylvania. And that simply is not true when you're going, you're fact-checking that. The fact-checking has been done. In fact, it's been done in the US. Oh, well. was it? Oh, was oh, yeah, it? Okay. So I'm, only, I'm only picking up the pieces here, but it was done, it was done in the US. He gave that speech in a, in a town in Pennsylvania called Erie in the north coast of Pennsylvania. And it was fact-checked shortly after and said, actually, that honour belongs to a man by the name of James McSherry. Now, tell us so, who James McSherry was. If you allow me to start from the start, Patricia... Um, the McSherry's, um, there's a town in, in, in Pennsylvania, about um, in Adams County, Pennsylvania, with about 3,000 people. It's 100 miles west of Philadelphia, and 12 miles east of Gettysburg, famous for the Battle of the Civil War and the famous speech that Lincoln gave. Uh, McSherry's town was founded by a man by the name of Patrick McSherry. Now, Patrick McSherry's origins came from Antrim in, 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 in the north of the country. But if we go back a couple of generations, the McSherry's were actually... Uh, originated from what is now Court McSherry. The first uh, the people who Court McSherry is named after were originally Normans. They were by the surname of Hodnett, and they settled, or they came from Shropshire in the UK and settled in and around uh, Court McSherry, near to where the hotel is today, we believe. The, as, as well, what happened at the time with the Normans, that they would have, have assumed Irish customs, Irish culture, even the language, and as the saying goes, they became more Irish than the Irish themselves. So the Hobbits changed their name to what would be uh, Mock Hayfrig, which would be the son of Geoffrey. Geoffrey obviously would have been Geoffrey Hobbit, so son of uh, son of Geoffrey. So that's where the name Court McHayfrig comes from. So anglicise McHayfrig and you get McSherry. So the McSherrys were uh, ran out of Court McSherry by Cromwell, by an agent of Cromwell by the name of Robert Gookin in the late 1640s. Um, 
during the Cromwell Conquest when Cromwell would have burnt the likes of, or his forces would have burnt the likes of Tim Lee Gabby. They were vagrants for quite some time and then they settled uh, in Antrim in the north of Ireland. Obviously then that brings into uh, context then Patrick McSherry, who was a descendant of theirs. He immigrated to the US in and around the 1740s. And in 1763, he purchased 300 acres of land near the south, southern border of Pennsylvania which, with Maryland. And he split into 60 lots. And that, is the, that was the foundation of the town of McSherry's town. In 1763. And are are the people of McSherry Town, are they aware of Court McSherry? They have been aware, Patricia, of our existence, would I would say, with over 70 years at this stage, possibly more. They, it's, it's in documented form. We can see that they've, they, they've written about in their local newspapers for in excess of 70 years. It's probably the traditional case of Americans that are Irish people that immigrated to America. They knew exactly what they're, where they came from and what their, you know, their, their, their generational history going back uh, for us in Court McSherry, um, as far as I'm concerned, I wasn't aware of this until about 2018. And I did a bit of digging um, with the help of some people in the local history group. And I actually made contact with some of the people over in McSherry's town through their mayor's office, a history group over there. And they were able to send me back a book that they published in 1963 for their bicentennial anniversary of the foundation of their town, which made reference to Court McSherry. Ah, fantastic. So they knew all about it. Isn't that fantastic? So this is where the, the, the political connection comes in then, of course, is that James McSherry was the son of Patrick McSherry, the founder of McSherry's town. He was elected to the U.S. Senate in 1813. He served until 1817. He actually says, subsequently served in the U.S. House of Representatives from 1821 until 1823 as well. And in traditional Irish fashion, his son went on to into the political fray as well. His son, William McSherry, served two years or two, three years since in the Senate as well. I so, wonder, have they any direct descendants still living there? Up until very recently, I was informed by some of the people in McSherry Stone, there was a direct descendant of the McSherrys still there. I'm not so sure that the surname still exists. Yeah. But um, as far as I was concerned, there was only one or two living relatives of the original McSherrys still, um, still alive. So... As far as I know, I don't know of any more. They haven't told me. Yeah, anymore. and would there be any direct descendants still living in Court Mac? I think there was some again through just my searching research that there was DNA tests done through Ancestry, the Ancestry dot com website, and yeah. that the DNA between the they had done the DNA test between the people in Antrim, the McSherrys in Antrim, which there are still McSherrys in Antrim, by the way, and the McSherrys are the descendants of the McSherrys in the US. They were very, very, I suppose, DNA distant. Um, that they couldn't actually tie down, and ah. um, you know, at a very direct link. And um, I can't, I think of the terminology they use, but they were kind of rather, they were rather distant, all right. But that, that, it, they, the people in Antrim know that their, um, their ancestors immigrated to America, and equally so, the people in America know that their ancestors immigrated from Antrim and originated from Port McSherry originally. Yeah, and actually, I was—I had John Creedon on the broadcaster with his new book that the what is it the place uh, the place I call home where he you know looks at the history of place names and actually part of the book talks about the Irish diaspora leaving the shores and going you know all over the world and they brought the names with them and that's why you know dotted all over the world you'll find Irish place names. Absolutely, and not only will you find the names, but also kept the religion as well. In that, they, 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 there's quite a prominent amount of Roman Catholics still 
uh, that live in and around the uh, the McSherry's Town area. But if I was to put a couple of twists on the story for you, Patricia, the um, obviously that the name Pennsylvania originates from a man by the name of William Penn. He was a Quaker and he uh, originated from uh, England. He founded the state of Pennsylvania in around the 1600s. His father was an, an, a man also by the name of William Penn, Sir William Penn. He was an admiral and he was a politician, an admiral with the English Navy. He was granted Macroom Castle in the mid-1600s, but he lost it subsequently. And he was granted lands at Shanagarry of about 7,000 acres. But also, interestingly enough, and bizarrely, he was granted in and around 5,000 acres in the barony of Ibane. Now, the barony of Ibane is effectively the parishes of Barry Row and the Ardfield Parish as well, what was the old barony of Ibane. So William Penn's father had held lands in around the Barrow Court. Isn't area. that incredible? What an incredible twist. To make another twist on that story, the men who actually, the man who, let's say, ran the McSherry's out of Court McSherry was a man by the name of Robert Hookin. He was referred to as Cromwell's spy. His brother, Charles, was subsequently made Deputy Governor of Pennsylvania by William Penn himself. <laughs> so you could not... I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm after opening a Pandora's box. You really I'm have, you really have. And, and, and I can sense the enthusiasm in your voice. You're loving it. Oh, this is, this is unbelievable. I, I, was, I, was, I was really intrigued to start to know that there was a connection between Court McSherry and McSherry's town. We had established that. But no, this stuff is just blown out of the water altogether. You know, it, it's like, it's like I can go around in circles, but every time I go around in circles, I find a connection. There's a book in it for sure. Listen, I enjoyed, I enjoyed that history lesson. And I was going to ask, had your plans to write to the White House to, to fill in Joe Biden after the 20th of January? But you say he is aware that he got his information wrong. Well, the other president had a lot of fact checking done. She poor old Joe only had a little bit. If that was all he got wrong, it wasn't too bad. Listen, Barry, I enjoyed our chat. Thank you for that. Look after yourself. And thanks a million for joining us. Uh, Good morning to you. Uh, Bye bye. That is uh, Barry Holland uh, joining us from Court McSherry. On the 11th of March this year, my final live guest in studio before restrictions kicked in was Eurovision winner Neve Kavanagh. Neve joined me in studio to discuss the show she was then touring with called The Illegals, a show that combines the music of the Eagles and Fleetwood Mac. I started by asking Neve to describe the show. Let's be honest here now, Patricia, we're not trying to be them. Never okay. in a million years am I going to be, you know, Christy McVie or Stevie Nicks. I mean, we sing so beautiful. We love this music and we sing this great music. There's four singers in the band so you really get all that lovely close harmony work and great energy and there's lots of guitars to be honest. You fall over the stage there's so many guitars. So if you like guitars you're definitely going to enjoy that. You know you can see play people. But we we as musicians really we want to celebrate the music itself okay. and um, they combine very well actually because obviously of the time they would have been doing and you know Don Henley and Stevie Nicks would have done a few songs together and things like that but actually also they influenced they were kind of represent the time of the you know that kind of time that energy but still people love them now and so we find they're timeless oh they are and you know we do a a long show it's about two and a half hours now you get a chance to go to the toilet in the middle it's very important like (laughs) (laughs) because no I'm the baby and I'm 52 right in this band so we need to stop ourselves like but the thing is it's quite a long show but when you go to do the set every year and you try and bring in some new songs or songs that you want to do 
some have to go out and then there's a row because you know there are some songs you have to do you have to do Lion Eyes you've got to do Hotel California you've got to do Go Your Own Way you've got to and, and yeah. you've got to you've got to and so you, you don't have a lot of manoeuvre but it doesn't matter the energy is phenomenal on stage with, for the music but also you know because as a show we do kind of we show uh, slides behind us and all this but actually there's great banter on the show as well because we've been friends for a long time okay. and the crack is mighty so you'll come and you'll be encouraged to sing and have the crack and really yeah, enjoy it because I was going through a lot of the songs yesterday and I mean a lot of the songs are mm. they're sing-along songs oh 100% you know what I mean you, you, I mean if you're not roaring by the end of this like you know I mean there are certain songs Lion Eyes wrecks the house every night I don't yeah. understand the women love it yeah. to, they have it in the te- it's about cheating women but they just absolutely can't help themselves and they love see, it it's, it's, it's the generation it's the song we grew up with so we know all the words yeah so oh, you know, and you're encouraged it's not, it, we're not formal in this gig right obviously yeah. you're going to be polite and sit and obviously in this day and age you're not allowed to touch other people yeah. but you can but you can actually come and enjoy it and be involved in the gig and feel a part of it and we find that people come because they like the Eagles or, or Fleetwood Mac and sometimes they yeah. like one or the other but they usually find that they like all the stuff because you're doing kind of the greatest hits but also what we find is people stay because they like the banter of us and the energy plus you know if you were to go and see those two bands together it would cost you a fierce amount of money and it's only 25 euros absolutely like. <laughs> it's, a, it's a bargain and how long have you been running with this? Well I I actually met my husband through this band 20 years ago 22 years ago actually uh, it was only occasional but the band as this in, um, entity is about 10, 12 years running. Okay. It's a labour of love really for us. I still do all my other work and there's other yeah. stuff I do and, and obviously you'll see me turn up in, in relation to certain events like that might be imminent um, but actually I, you the know, i.e. the Eurovision but actually um, I we we love this. We do about 20, 30 dates. We pick our theatres and I've been encouraging them for years to come to Cork because I love Cork. I absolutely love it. And People, the Everyman is just a oh, gorgeous. I love the venue. I love the venue. I'm so excited now I know there might be closures but actually I encourage people to book the tickets I mean yeah. if, if it works that it isn't coming sure listen you know we'll work it out yeah. but the point is I think you, you need to kind of keep moving and encouraging these venues and stuff I, I'm very much a big advocate for all these venues you know go find out what's in your local theatres and your music your um, venues go support them absolutely musicians theatre whatever it is because you'll never get a night like it and you'll have the crack and then go to a local cafe or something and support them you know the truth is that's what keeps the energy of things going and the more you do that the more people will come you know so uh, in my mind I'm coming next week we're grand yeah. we're high risk now to be ever we're old it's, people it's one It's one night only isn't it it's, yes just yeah, the one it's yeah. Saturday week the, just the, Saturday week the, so uh, you, the more you come to see us then the, then we get the then I get to bring them going. back and, and I know you love coming to court. I love it and Mill Street. Mill Street. Have you been back to Mill Street? Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, yes, we celebrated my 21st anniversary there. We went back uh, to Mill Street. I love Mill Street. Uh, I don't get there as often as I'd like because uh, I live up in Carrigvarkas past Belfast. The husband brought me up there 20 odd years it's ago. It's a long journey to uh, Mill Street. brings you terrible places, yeah. like I tell you. <laughs> uh, it added 100 miles onto my journey everywhere. <laughs> you know, but uh, the roads are better now, which is good. But yeah. actually, I love Mill Street and I love all the people of it and the energy of it. And uh, when people talk about Mill Street, they, they even you know I met a uh, Dave Blake Knox who was involved in the production of it, and we talk about you know the energy of the people, even the the, the crew that worked it, anybody who was involved in it, the, the smile on their face because Mil- they feel like Mill Street was everybody's win. That's yeah. what, for me. That's what yeah. what it is like. And could you at the time go back when mm. you qualified? 
Yeah. And can you remember when you heard, oh, by the way, it's going to be staged in Mill Street? I mean, did you even know? Had, had you I ever don't think I really dialed in now, to be I? honest. Because I, I only found out I was going to do the song kind of late December. Jimmy had approached me then and uh, then we were selected. And then at that time, you sang on Kenny Live. Do you remember Kenny Live? Every yeah. Saturday night. And then they drew people out of the hat at the beginning of January who was going to be first on on the 16th of January. And of course, Sod's Law was us like. And we had no back and track We'd no singers selected, nothing done for it. And we'd literally had 10 days. And Frank McNamara and I went into a studio for a day or two and and came up with this arrangement. I mean, Frank did an amazing job. And then we we hustled together whatever backing singers who weren't actually booked. And, you know, it was like, oh, my gosh. And we sang it for the first time on the 16th of January. I think that's in my head. And so when I actually won the national final, which I wasn't expecting to do, I had told my manager in the bank, you know, I'm doing this thing on Sunday night, this TV thing. I might be in late. Can I take Monday? Of course, you were working in the bank. I'd forgotten I that. I was, uh, yeah, yeah. They I were rage and they I'm, didn't get the old marks yeah, around me. Yeah. <laughs> I'd forgotten that you were in the bank, yeah. I know, yeah. but it's funny, actually, I was in the bank when I did and the commitments did. as well. I went to the Grammys yeah. in 92 uh, on my split week off. I, they then, said to me, what did you do the weekend? I said, well, actually, I flew to New York and sang the Grammys. <laughs> Uh, but I'm back in tonight. So how's the how's the programs running? <laughs> you know, I just uh, that's how I, they were so used to it. They didn't I expect know. it. But actually, um, yeah, I, I, I wasn't aware that it was coming to Mill Street. And okay. the first time I came down was on the train. They brought us all down with a load of, um, you know, uh, reporters and whatnot. And I think if I'm right, either the end of March or the end of April, or no, it must be the end of March, right? Because it was about six weeks before the contest. And we all came down on the train. And of course, we came as far as Mallow. Yeah. And we got off the train there and across on the special train to to Mill Street. And we were brought on a grand tour of Mill Street uh, where they told us they were delighted they were getting footpaths on both sides. They did. And I mean, the developments, they were showing us all the developments and I fell in love with Mill Street and yeah. the whole to me it gave me such love right and uh, it was still the the horse riding thing yeah. at the time so they were uh, the digger was in because they had to actually dig out six feet of the floor to make it in and you know Noel C said whatever you need you, you can have and uh, fair play to him and honestly uh, we went and enjoyed that whole thing and from that moment I felt I belonged there and so to win there really for me, was like everybody won. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. I, I can't yeah. describe that there enough was, because there, it really was like that. Because absolutely was that. People that were so sense. devoted in it. And this song to this day, oh yeah, it, it has really stood the test of time. Yeah, it's a great song. Jimmy Isn't wrote it? a fantastic song. And even now, when I go out into Europe, people talk about it. You know, and there's been lots of songs since. And you know, we have we've places in our heart for a lot of Eurovision songs, whether we know it or not. But actually, in your eyes. Oh, it stands on its own. Yeah. It, I have sung it without the hysterics, as I call it at the end. And still, it's a great song, you know, and there's a moment when you sing it on a gig sometimes. Now, I don't do it necessarily in the illegals, but I sing it in my own thing. And, and my husband and I do a thing called Date Night, which is just the two of us an acoustic guitar and myself and himself. And we sing in your eyes as part of it. And it doesn't matter that there isn't a big production. It's still just a beautiful song yeah, about yes. taking a chance on love and understanding about yearning. And, and I think people are, just feel connected to it. Yeah, you know? it's cool. And, and I can see text. Yes, I am going to play it. I mentioned it earlier <laughs> that you were coming out. Are you going to play in your eyes? I am. In yes, I am. Eyes. I have it here in front of me. I am going to play it. Well, we, we've got another couple of minutes to I chat. Know. You mentioned um, your husband, mm-hmm. Paul. Yeah. 
Uh, when I, you were in the opera house in Cork, I know nearly two years ago now. Yeah, a year and a half. Yeah, you got. Tell us what happened. Well, it's funny actually. I was on stage um, uh, doing the Eurovision show with P- uh, Paul Harrington, Charlie McGeskin, and Linda Martin. We were doing uh, this, you know, celebration yeah. of Eurovision songs. Yeah. And th- the second half, there's like the, I did my spot uh, with puppet on the string and all the things, and then Linda and Paul and Charlie did their spot. So I had about six or eight songs, and I noticed a text from my son who basically said, "Can you let me?" Can you ring me mum and that's usually for a lift because he's never he doesn't listen very well so he once rang me when I was in Portugal yeah, for three days three days after I'd left for a lift right <laughs> so so anyway I rang him I says I, I can't give you a lift son yeah. and he said no dad's away in, in an ambulance because he had a stroke my husband had a stroke and that's a blood clot he had an ischemic stroke yeah. um, so that's a bit of a thing to hear when, and I had to go back out and sing um, Waterloo and Making Your Mind Up which is a thing hundreds of miles away from home as well hundreds of miles there was a big storm I think it might have been Isaac coming through at the time or whatever it was called and we couldn't they were saying don't travel so I said there's no point in me ending up in a ditch she's safe in the hospital I rang the hospital couldn't tell me much obviously and I travelled up the next day and then we had to really the main difficulty for him was aphasia which is basically access to the speech and for someone who was a journalist and a, a photographer and a singer that's quite a thing to be dealing with but we worked very hard with speech therapy he was amazing because he didn't take any of his ego in and he, he still has occasional problems with it and things that you do have with stroke sometimes you have focus issues and stuff like that but he's doing really well but we've had to work pretty hard at and it and did it come out of the blue yeah totally totally now I would looking back I go oh he was sleeping more that's when he got <laughs> coming in from yeah. work he was falling asleep on the chair but to be fair he might have been doing that for a long time it's easy to say yeah it definitely came out of the blue No, it was no indication as such and thankfully the boys knew all the questions to ask him when he came in he he came into them in, in the room and he said he couldn't make a sentence and he was he was just a bit disorientated and they had him in an ambulance within a half an hour these are two boys that have been given out murder because they wouldn't pick their pants off the floor and what, right? what, age, what age are the boys <laughs> there's well at that time well they're 17 and 19 now so they were like 15 oh, and 17 wow, at the time wow but they knew and I'm assuming from those ads on the TV you know what to do FACT yeah, yeah, FACE. and, and you need yeah. to so he's okay he's, yeah he's, he's, he's flying he's okay. actually in the illegals so I give Great. him dogs abuse on stage so it's worthwhile okay. coming along to see that alone <laughs> If nothing uh, else, yeah. yeah, no, yeah. The, the crack is 90. And so for me, you know, it's joyful now, but for maybe a year after you're still watching him and Tough, you're still keeping yeah. an eye. And I'm sure people, you know, lots of people have strokes. Lots of people, have, you know, I'm, I'm not d- diminishing this. I think people understand that when something like that happens in a family, it happens to everybody, not just the one person. Absolutely. And so, Absolutely. you know, the thing is, I, his energy is phenomenal, but it takes a bit of understanding from everybody. But I always say to him, just say it to people that you have had it and then... It, they can adjust for that. It doesn't diminish who he is as a person. You know, he's still that intelligent he's person. Still Paul. He's still Paul. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, still funny. Still got the jokes. You might have to wait longer for the punchline occasionally. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know, you, you dutifully do. <laughs> and you, you had your own health issues. You had the, yeah, the, the I had thyroid. my thyroid yeah. taken out about yeah. two about three years ago. And uh, I mean, the main issue about that. I mean, obviously, the the problem with that is when I had a goiter, so my thyroid swo- was swollen. Yeah. And basically the cyst had grown so big it was pressing on my um, airways. Now luckily it was benign so they were able to just remove the thyroid. But what that means... near your vocal cords. Vocal cords. Oh. And luckily they had slipped in behind so the surgeon had said... Now she was very good to me. Now she, you know, 
in the sense that there was a worry that I could have damaged it. And then what happens is you can't change pitch. So that's the end of singing for me. And for someone like me, like singing is like breathing, you know. I mean, it's so much more than just the actual I earn my money at it. It's actually like part of my mental health, really singing, you know. And the thing about that is that um, it was a bit of a worry. But, you know, you have to live, you know, Mm. if you're not breathing, you're not singing either. Let me tell you. So um, we went in and she said to me, now, don't you worry, we'll be very careful and we'll go in very. And I was, you know, yes, okay. And then she says to me, but don't worry, I'll put the scar in that lovely crease in your neck. So what can you say to that? It's only, it's, only a, it's only a female consultant. It's only a female consultant who would understand that. Listen, it's an absolute <laughs> pleasure to have had you in, in studio. Uh, tickets for the illegals are on sale yeah. at uh, the, the everyman.ie. One night only, March the, the 21st. Enjoy it because that's, that's what it's about as well. And a uh, real pleasure to have had you. I can see lots of people saying uh, to how much they remembered you in uh, Mill, Mill Street. And the committee spoke very highly of you. Uh-huh. The committee in Mill Street. I look back. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The same as well, yeah. Patricia. You look exactly the same. You look exactly <laughs> A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.